Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Yvette, 
and oh, peace, peace, and more peace. You know, every man wants to come home to a nice, peaceful, quiet, loving home at times, especially when the day has been great day. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And our sister Yvette talked about what self-care looks like for her husband, Dennis. You know, she said she loves to dress him. She loves to make sure that he's taking care of himself. However, however, she also loves the fact when he takes care of himself. Yes. Because, listen, everybody wants to know that you love you. And what's the way to show it better than... Your self-care. Yes. You know? So, they did a, I mean, they did a fantastic job. They did a fantastic job. And uh, we finished off our Monday morning with a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic switch tip with Shantice. Don't take what the enemy is Offering, wow, nice, 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 nice switch tip. You know, I, I'm I'm having a hard time with me remembering that the Bible said that my father, our father, is rich in houses and land, but yet his children want mediocre yeah they're not willing to push to get the best and to me when you don't push to get the best then you're accepting what the enemy has to offer to see the enemy can't give you what God gives you the word of God says every good and perfect gift comes from heaven Above comes from our Heavenly Father. So if every good and perfect gift comes from God, then how is the enemy going to offer us something good, something great, something wonderful? Huh? Oh, boy. Come on, come on, come on. Think about that thing. All right? So please don't accept what the enemy has to offer. All right? All right. Well, let's talk about a Tuesday church folk. They rolled around. And uh, mm, what better way, what better way to uh, get our Tuesday up and running is to talk about the church folk. Well, unfortunately, we had the news story about the couple who uh, beheaded themselves with a homemade guillotine as a human sacrifice unto the Lord. Now, again, this is the second week in a row where we've talked about, you know, this, this human sacrifice. You know, one week it's other people, you know, using you as a human sacrifice. 
And then another week is you using you as a human sacrifice. Well, none of this is of God. And we, we started talking about the fact that, you know, everybody, you know, has a responsibility, you know, to ensure that we get the best information from the Lord. And how does that get done? Well, you know, we have, you know, uh, the pastors that said, hey, you know, it's up to the pastor to make sure that they are teaching that, listen, study for yourself. Study for yourself. And, you know, they provide Bibles in the church and, you know, they encourage their, you know, their their parishioners to make sure that they are doing their own studying. And then you have the other pastor that says, well, hey, listen, they're lazy. That's something they need to do on their own. You know, get out here and get the studying done for yourself because the pastor can't do it all for you. And ooh-wee, two very, very valid points. And oh, what a wonderful conversation that ensued. And uh, looks like we need to pick up on part B of that conversation. So I don't know about you, but I'll be tuning in next Tuesday, God's says, for the continuation of that conversation. Well, Wow, Wednesday rolled around, and our girlfriend Vivian, she talked about uh, the homelessness and eviction crisis, and uh, the feds are supplying New York City with $60 million to help with the crisis, and it will focus on the vets, it will focus on the domestic violence victims and the sex trafficking victims. And uh, we, the ladies, got to talking about whether $60,000 is really going to handle the situation. Okay? All righty. Vivian also told us about the uh, toddlers who unfortunately fell out the window because there were no window guards in the window, but God is a keeper, isn't he? When both of our babies lived, oh, thank God that the negligence of whatever adult was responsible for those window guards, they did not catch the brunt of the negligence, okay? Well, the ladies got to talking, and the conversation What has God been teaching you lately? Oh, what a question. What a question. And, you know, it's it's something that you need to be asking yourself. What has God been teaching you lately? Are you paying attention to what God has been teaching you lately? Because if he's been teaching it to you, and you're not carrying that thing as far as it could possibly go, then uh, shame on you, because you can't possibly think you're giving God the glory when uh, you're not learning everything that he's 
attempting to teach you. Mm-mm. Sorry. No, 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 no. Well, yesterday, therapeutic Thursday, rolled around and oh, were we blessed. We had our Pastor James Patterson on with us and he discussed praying for my wife's motherhood. Ooh, him and Lady Amy have nine children alone. And I think he said maybe about seven grandchildren. And boy, oh boy, oh boy. You know, I have to tell you, if I ever fell in love with a man, it was that Pastor James yesterday. <laughs> oh, my goodness, to hear him speak about his wife was just amazing. Oh, my goodness gracious. We talked about uh, her rest. You know, how does she rest? Is she sleep deprived after nine kids? I don't know. And he was so cute. He said, you know, they didn't. They don't need the, the rest. She doesn't need the rest. You know, didn't need it back then. Excuse me. When they first started having the children the way they need it now. But for some, I mean, somehow, some way, she gets that energy and she keeps going and going and going. We talked about her balancing family and, you know, the other things, her work that she has to do as a first lady, her, the work that she has to do just in general, you know, because although you have nine kids, that is not the only part of your life. And, you know, he discussed, you know, the balancing act and how she manages. God has her doing it all, and she never seems to break a sweat. And, you know, like I said a little while ago, you know, it, it was so encouraging to listen to him speak about his wife, how he feels about her, how he sees her, how she looks through his eyes. And um, he said, oh, she's fine. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. And after 30 years of marriage, you know, to hear him speak of, you know, the way he sees her and the way he still desires her. You know, I can't tell you the responses I got from yesterday's broadcast. Yeah. Women really need to hear that stuff. And let me tell you something. If the women who heard the show really admired him, then, man, oh, man, oh, man, I tell you, then I can't even imagine what Lady Amy feels. Okay? All right. That's how we spent our Thursday. Woo! 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 Today. Thank God. Today. We've made it through today. And today is Freestyle Friday. And we get to do whatever it is we want to do. Well, speak to the men is what we do. Yeah. We get an opportunity to hear from our men. And uh, I can't wait to 
to hear what's coming up and out today. And, uh, ooh, we're about to get this party started. So make sure you go get that healthy breakfast. Make sure you tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph. It's on and whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. Going to a restaurant is meant to be special. Often a celebration like these guys here. But if you or someone you love has a food allergy, you may feel anxious about dining out. Great job, Coach. Just like on the field, Teamwork is vital in the restaurant industry, which means no one can drop the ball. That's right, and if you're managing food allergies, you're not alone. Food allergies affect 15 million Americans, including 1 in 13 children. That's why our friends at Food Allergy Research and Education want to spread the word that you can have a safe and enjoyable dining experience. You just need a game plan. It begins before you go to the restaurant, right champ? Right, always call ahead. Sample questions, helpful tips, and an online resource center are available on FAIR's website for food allergy dining, safefair.org. There you can download a signature chef card which lists your allergies. Give it to your server to deliver to the chef. Visit safefair.org to learn more. And remember, we're all on the same team. A public service message from Food Allergy Research and Education. Diana Ross 
had, you know, some form of an issue, and she said that Diana Ross didn't like her. Yeah. Well, they say that apparently this feud stemmed from when Gladys Knight and the Pips were assigned to Motown, and that was, okay, we know how far back that goes, and it didn't end until 2005. Wow. Okay, well, i got to tell you, you know, class, 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 because it never spilled out into, like, public knowledge. That's what we're talking about. Who knew? Never. So, you know, you you know, clap, clap, you know, to the ladies. They did keep that, you know, down low. So here's what Gladys Knight. She says that uh, Diana Ross was hating on her voice <laughs> when they went on tour together in the Motown days. And what happened was Gladys Knight admitted that, you know, she was really confused as to why Diana Ross was hating on her. And she said that Diana Ross really had all the attention in the world from Barry Gordy and everyone else. And, you know, she's not the first one to actually say this. And she says that, Gladys says that Barry Gordy, who was dating Diana at the time, and that ain't no secret either now, uh, along with Diana Ross, invited, along with Diana Ross, invited Gladys Knight and the Pips to open up for the Supremes while they were on tour. And she said that she soon figured out that she was the problem. Well, at least that's what Barry Gordy told her about Diana Ross. So Gladys Knight says that they got a call from um, Mr. Gordy telling them that, you know, I hear you're spoiling my act, the Supremes. And Gladys Knight says she replied, well, Mr. Gordy, that's not what, you know, we're about. Um, We're just doing our show. And then she said he then told her, he said, well, I think you guys should just come on back home tomorrow. She said, so they went back home, and that was the name of that game, and they were no longer on tour opening up the Supremes back then. So, um, you know, they, they did ask her during the interview whether Diana Ross was ever mean to her, and Gladys Knight said, well, listen, I'm no liar. I know that she wasn't the happiest with me. Let me just put it like that. So, you know, she just kind of brushed it off that way. And, you know, they remind us in this interview, or about the story of the interview, you know, that this is not the first time that, you know, Ms. Diana Ross um, has done other singers dirty. And um, so that's why, uh, I'm sorry, Gladys Knight kind of gets the benefit of the doubt. And, 
you know, Diana Ross has always been talked of as being that diva who, you know, has gotten a bad rap, and um, it's just been too often it was said that, you know, this is who she is. And, you know, they said that, you know, her voice ends up being a gift and a curse to her because of that. You know, they say that, you know, she's really competitive and that can air on the good side because that kind of pushes her to, you know, create all the great music that she's created and the great sound, you know, that she's had. And it could also serve as a curse because, you know, if you're going to end up being some wicked wench, <laughs> then, you know, people are not really going to care for you. So, you know, you know, uh, you know, hands up, hands raised to Gladys Knight who, you know, just would not deal with Diana Ross's rudeness. Um, but had enough class to kind of walk off, you know, when they were told to come on back home. They packed up and they went on back home. But now after all these years, you know, it seems like they have gotten themselves together and, um, you know, maybe an apology came from, you know, the boss. (laughs) And... You know, it's it's uh it's kind of sad, you know, because again, you know, you really there's no reason for you to be like that. Now, if you know Gladys Knight's voice and you know Diana Ross's voice, you know, these are two phenomenal women when it comes to singing, and one voice clearly doesn't sound anything like the other voice. When you hear Diana Ross, and if you like that that diva sound and that big, bold, high pitch, you know, singing and that, uh, you know, she's out there and she's made her music, you know, justifiably. However, if you like the, you know, the 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 a little raspiness of the. Uh, icon Gladys Knight and you know how she lays it down on her tracks you know then the two really in my opinion there's no competition there's no competition at all because the songs that Diana Ross sang with the Supremes remember she wasn't Diana Ross by herself back then she was with the Supremes and you think about stop in the name of love and Baby, baby, where did our love go? That don't sound like it's midnight train Georgia on the midnight train, yeah. It sounds nothing like the other. <laughs> so, you know, like, what are you worried about? And, again, you sleeping with the man. You sleeping with the boss. You know, at that time, she's having babies for the boss. So you had it in the bag. What are you worried about? But, you know, it really just goes to show that no matter, you know, what your talent or gift is, if you feel threatened, then you feel threatened. You know, if you are insecure, 
then you're insecure. If you feel like you got to run the show, then you got to run the show. So I don't, you know, I, I hear about, you know, over the years, you hear about these, you know, competitors and the jealousy and things like that. And you're like, yo, what's your problem? You don't have anything to worry about. And the best part about it is, you know, they both had breakout um, opportunities that they took. You know, Diana Ross became Diana Ross on her own without the Supremes. And, you know, Gladys Knight became Gladys Knight on her own without the Pips. And they both had success. You know, whether you want to, you know, count who was bigger, who sold more records and all of that kind of stuff, you know, that's something different. But, like I said, I don't I don't see where either one of them sounded like the other one and either one of them had to worry about the other one because they both had their share of um, of, uh, of hits. And I'm going to be honest, I honestly remember more hits coming from Gladys Knight and the Pips more than I heard the... Supreme's catalog, you know, I, I'm sorry, I, that's just my memory. I, I remember hearing, you know, so many, so many different, uh, so many more different songs coming from Gladys Knight and the Pips more than I did the Supremes, and, you know, I don't think it's because of what I was listening to. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, you know, thank God. Again, that they um, that they uh, have severed, you know, all of that nonsense, and they are, you know, they're chatting. All right, all right. Well, I got some TikTok warning, um, and I think a lot of people are, you know, they they are uh, guilty of doing this, but. There's a doctor who has watched some TikTok go on, and, you know, he's got his own TikTok video, and he's warning that do not burn these scented candles ongoing. Yes, it's so important. Um, There was a woman in a TikTok video, and she talked about letting her scented candle burn all night long. And she said she woke up with feeling like there was some weird substance in her body. So she said, I woke up and I just stuck my finger in my nose and it's black. And um, she said she showed how, you know, her finger was black. You know, once she put her finger in the inside of her nose, there was some black substance on her finger. So, you know, um, people did comment, you know, that they were really surprised that she went to sleep with a candle burning, period. You know, a lot of people are afraid to do that, which you should. So many house fires have started, you know, with um, from these candles burning. And it's like, who goes to sleep with a candle burning? And uh, that's the first thing that people um, talked about. One woman talked about how her husband burned down his entire apartment, falling asleep with a candle. And um, 
she said there are no candles allowed in her house. So, you know, people were really kind of responding even to that. So um, a doctor actually responded, and he said that the black substance that she had on her finger that came from inside her nose was soot. Now, we all know what soot is. That's that black substance that's um, left after something has burned. So that's inside of her nose, y'all. So he was explaining to everyone that when you leave a candle burning too long and you're inhaling this, that not only does the soot get into your nostrils, but down into your lungs, and it causes major damage, okay? And he said that soot can can um, can be produced with all types of burning, all types of burning. So that's, um, you know, um, uh, you know, like house fires and coal, you know, burning coal and, you know, things like that. So it's not just from the candles, but everybody, come on, let's let's be smart, let's be smart, and let's not, you know, do this candle burning too long because it is harmful to our health. Okay, all righty. Hmm. What else are we talking about today? Day. Hmm. I got a whole bunch of stuff, but I, I, I need to go with what I'm feeling today. Let's see. Oh, all right. So you got this Connecticut man who killed his girlfriend over an affair. And again, you know this this jealousy thing. This domestic violence and abuse thing, it is so not contained to the young people. No, this is like crazy. You have this Pedro who's 52. He went to the police precinct, went to the front desk at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and he told the person at the front desk that he had just stabbed his girlfriend and that she was in a vehicle parked in the front of the police department. So they rush outside to the parking lot, and they find 57-year-old Nilda Rivera, and she's unresponsive with multiple injuries. So they rush her to the hospital, uh, and she was pronounced dead there. They said that she was stabbed more than 25 times all over her body, including her chest, her head, her face, and her arms. And uh, she was sitting in the front seat and a knife was in the center console, and that knife seems to be the knife that he used to kill her. Now, the two of them have been dating since July of last year, so this is not even a full year now because we're only in April. And he recently found out that she was having an affair, 
and um, he had been planning on killing her for several days. Now, if you've only been dating for a year, and y'all ain't married, is it an affair? I'm just wondering. I'm just saying. Okay, but anyway. He told the investigators that he hid the knife in his pants pocket, drove her to the McDonald's for a bite to eat, and after he drove her to a secluded lot, and then he stabbed her. He said he waited for her to die before he drove her to the police um, department, and uh, that's when he went inside and told them what was going on. He sent a copy, he sent a photo of her bloodied up to her new boyfriend. Yeah, so I guess he showed, you know, what he had done to her. And he's been charged with murder, and his bond was set at $3 million. And the daughters say that, you know, they were feeling strange about this guy ever since she started dating him, that her mom was just, their mom was just looking for love and that she was a wonderful mother, grandmother, and a friend, excuse me, and a friend. Um, One of the daughters says that he was very jealous and he would look through her phone and delete stuff and go through her social media and delete people. And their relationship was kind of on and off again, and they met on social media. And he told them, how, you know, how he would never hurt their mother, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's what I said, you know, all of this stuff here, it is not contained, this behavior is not contained to the young people. Now, how you look, you in your 50s, you going through somebody's phone Deleting stuff, you go through somebody's social media. Go somewhere else. Go be with someone else. You mean to tell me at 53, 52, you ain't learned this lesson yet? If she don't want you, if he don't want you, move on. Why are we going through this stuff? Now, you're about to spend your senior years and the rest of your life behind bars. Because if they give him life, that's it for him. If they gave him 25 years, that's pretty much it for him. So you, instead of just walking off, this is what you do? Stupid, 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 stupid. Well, I have a couple of updates for you. Well, we talked about this Alex Baldwin um, situation when he had the gun in his possession. Someone gave him the gun on to use as a prop. Um, for one of his movies, and he cocks the um, thing back. I can't think of what it's called. And the gun goes off, and it kills um, the uh, one of the other staff members on the set. And they've been looking to charge him, um, you know, different different charges. And then they, the last time we spoke about this, they had. Um, lowered, and he still, you know, he stood his ground. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm not guilty. I'm innocent. It's not my fault. And sure enough, thanks be to God. And I'm saying this because I, I'm happy. You know, he has been, you know, relieved. They have dropped the charges, and, you know, he stuck it out. He stuck it out, and 
you know, now, you know, they only have these several charges, you know, um, while all of this other stuff was pending, the family went after him for several charges, um, and we don't know how that's going to go because, again, that's a whole different court. So, you know, some people have won the criminal charges but have lost several charges. You know, my thing is if you ain't guilty, you ain't guilty. How are you making me pay for something if you say I'm not guilty? So we know that he could still end up paying some of this, um, you know, this this price. But, uh you know, hopefully he'll, if he's exonerated and innocent, then he doesn't have to face any of that stuff. Also, also another quick update, Jonathan Majors, remember we spoke about him and how the girlfriend had accused him of um, strangling her and all of that stuff and attacking and abusing her. And then uh, the last time, we spoke about this. They said that she um, she dropped the charges, and then there were other two other witnesses who gave statements that 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 did not actually happen. Well, I don't know if my boy's gonna come out on top on this one because they said multiple alleged abuse victims have come forward against him. Um, following his arrest last um, month, <sighs> and they are claiming that you know he did something to them, and some also some level of harassment, and he's due to go to court in May eighth. Now here's the deal: you know, all you need sometimes is. You know, is the accusation Well, all of his stuff Have now dried up And been dropped So he's got A um, His Talent manager And his publicist Have now dropped him Following that arrest And he's lost several roles Including um, This uh, Walter Mosley novel that was written. He did there's some film project for that. The man in my basement. Um, he's lost that. There was an Otis Redding biopic movie that he was supposed to do that he was dropped from. There was an ad campaign for um, um, Major League Baseball's um, Texas Rangers. And starring him And they have scrapped that They say that um, He has been dropped from even attending The 2022, 2023 Met Gala On the 1st of May They say that he has stepped down from his board position At the Gotham Film and Media Institute and he's ended his involvement with the Sydney Portier Initiative, um, an organization supporting young filmmakers. They say, however, Disney still intends to air the season two of the series Loki 
and that's uh, Thor's brother. Um, he's he has a, a, a reprising role in that um, series, so they're going to keep that going. Um, and another uh, another project he has um, starring um, he's going to play Dennis Rodman in a movie that's going to. Uh, they're pushing forward with that And Spike Lee's Upcoming Amazon project The Understudy He's supposed to be You know in that They're going to keep that going as well So he hasn't lost everything It looks like But listen He's lost enough You know as someone who did so well um, In you know the, the movies and the shows Or whatever he's been in You know and you, you know once you Once you come out as these, you know, major actors and you nail these projects, you know, now you're in demand. And, you know, listen, my thing is what's for you, what what God has for you is for you. And if he's guilty and he should lose those roles, then God will, God will pull it from him. You know, but if he's, you know, going to be on the come up, and he's not guilty. Then that's something different. Or his his worst um, worst uh, ever that could happen is for other people to come up and start saying that this is who he is. You know, the the other thing that kind of got squashed is one thing, but when other people walk up and they start this, this Me Too uh, movement in your life, you are jacked up. Jacked up. Alrighty, I got time for let's say maybe one more, and hmm. now this is also an update on something that we talked about a while ago, and I can't remember which group I talked to this about. And for some reason, I'm thinking I talked to the Due Time crew on a Thursday about this. Well, they have this Sherry, um, a mother of a young boy in Oregon, who is who's upset um, regarding that bill that they um, set out where it would provide feminine hygiene products in schools. Remember, it was going to be in K-12 schools, and it would be in the all-female bathrooms, um, gender-neutral bathrooms, and the boys' bathroom. Remember that story? Yeah, they were going to put that, um, that, that machine. Remember, they had bought up all the machines already to put those tampons and pads and Stuff like that, and we were like, "What in the world would you? Why would you put it in the boys' bathroom?" Well, she's um, she says that this bill, despite the fact that it was well intended, it's unreasonable, it's irresponsible, and you can definitely spend um, the five point five million dollars and put it to better use regarding the educate the children's education and. Why would you supply the feminine products to boys, which was our sentiment. And they're in this big debate regarding this now. 
and um, you've got this other <laughs> this other uh, individual who's a psychiatrist and a physician. She says that providing these products helps all students. So you have another teacher who says that transgender men are not men. They're women dressed as men. So why would you possibly, you know, waste money um, doing that? It's pointless. And um, they have this huge battle of gender inclusivity going on um, in in the schools. And uh, there's this debate over gender identity, transgender inclusivity in schools, and, you know, whether transgender students should be allowed to use bathrooms that correspond with their gender identity and how old children should be when they learn about gender identity in school. And this is huge. This is a huge uproar that's taking place um, in the school and or in the, you know, in the uh, Oregon area. And, you know, really there's, uh, there's a lot of time being taken on this. And, you know, if you're going to table, you know, if you're going to put this stuff on the table, then even my time is is valuable. I don't want to talk about whether there should be a feminine hygiene machine and products in the boys' bathroom. To me, that is a complete waste of time. I don't know why this is even a discussion. Now, whether you want to talk about the other stuff or not, eh, but definitely not this. So... Um, I'm going to take a little pause here and, and get to talking to our men and see what's going on with them. So let's say good morning to our brother Al. Good morning, brother Al. Chop, chop of the morning. Chop of the morning. Good morning, Pastor Seth. Good morning, brother Al. Another quiet Friday for you as the school oh, yeah. is out. Oh, yeah. Ah. Beautiful. Beautiful yes, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Well, Brother Al, I'm going to go back to our who knew. Now, let me ask you your opinion. Is there a real, um, uh, how do you say this? Is there a real um, competition between our girl Gladys Knight and our girl Diana Ross? I, I think so, you know, and <clears throat> I always say that with anything, with entertainment, with sports, I think it's good to be competitive. As long as you don't take it to a place where you're ready to fight, you hate each other. Because I always say, you know, um, for instance, with me playing basketball, I loved playing against guys that was just as good as me or better. It made me step up my game, you know, um, me and a friend, we still friends to this day, 30-something years later. In high school, me and him was rivals. Every time we played, everybody came to see. You know, and it was a friendly competition. I talked to him on the phone. Yo, you know, I'm a, I'm a, we're going to beat y'all behind tomorrow, right? Yeah, we're going to see what happens with that. So it, I think it's healthy if you keep the nonsense out. Okay. Well, as you can see, the nonsense wasn't kept out 
You know, it yes, grew, I see that. <laughs> you know, the and, claws came know, out. Right, and and Gladys Knight and the Pips were pulled off the tour. And um, did you have a favorite? Did you like one or the, uh, over the other? Man, you know, um, ah, man, I, I just I like them both. I just uh, you know just two different styles of singing. You know, I I actually I actually like them like them both. All righty, brother Al. All righty, all righty. Wow, what else are we talking about this morning? Okay, brother Al. Does this this uh, going through the phones, deleting you know, uh, picking through you know your phone and deleting text messages and uh, phone numbers and going through Facebook and deleting people. Does this stuff grow old? I mean, now you've got even the people in their 50s. You know, this man is doing this to this woman, and now she's dead. You know, he says he took her to McDonald's to get a bite to eat, and now she doesn't have her life. He takes the pictures inside of the police precinct. I mean, are you crazy or what? Yeah, you crazy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's man. I'm telling you, this social media, man, got people. I'm, I'm telling you, that stuff is is sad. It is so sad. Even when I'm out driving, there's people. As soon as they stop to the light, they're on their phone on social media. They can't even drive because they're so busy in their phone. They're walking into the middle of the street, not paying attention, walking in the thing. Right over here where I live at, the lady walked into the gate. I'm standing there looking at her. She walked into the gate because she's so busy on the phone. And she looks up at me and and, 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 and laughs. And I'm just, I'm just shaking. You think it's funny, but what if that was a car you to walk into or something, you know? And, and then you're going around and you're checking on people. And, you know, people are crazy, too, putting all of your business. Okay, It's okay to post a couple of things and stuff, but you got some people put, all they business. Oh, I'm going on vacation next week for three weeks. Okay, I got two weeks to rob your house. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's insane mm-hmm. for this man to just be going through everything. You know, it's like, you know, and she needed to see that. I'm quite sure she saw it. So now when you see that, you have to react differently. Okay, wow, he going through my stuff. He doing that. I ain't posted nothing else, you know, as a protection for yourself. Because the signs is there that he's crazy. Mm, mm, wow. Wow. Now her life know. is gone, you know. There ain't no coming back from death. Yeah. No, not at all. If you've been living right, you'll go on the other side. If you've been living right, you'll go on the other side. If not, now you really screwed up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, wow, wow. All right. We're talking about this... Uh, transgender issue that's going on. The mom, you know, there's a mom that says, hey, you know, I ain't telling you don't put the stuff in anybody's bathroom. You know, okay, so you put it in all girls' bathroom, that's where we need it. You put it in the the transgender bathroom, ah, okay, we might need it there. But come on, wasting our money to put it in the boys' bathroom is, is just a bit much. And you know, um, I can't, I can't just waste the money. And you know, you have this this other teacher that says, "Listen, 
transgender men are men at the end of the day. They're just men that dress up as women. They don't need feminine products. And $5.5 million they're using to spend on this particular project. Is this a waste of money? Absolutely. You know, the problem is nobody wants to speak up or go against it because once you say something, everybody come down on you. See, me, I don't care. Don't bring me in the meeting and ask me nothing because you're going to get pissed off at me. Because what's happening with this, this, this stuff that's going on, they throw it at us and nobody says nothing. And if you say something, there's an issue. You know, just like, like I said, everybody's different. Um, I have my meeting sometime on Zoom and they ask us when we put our name. So I'll put Al Bynum and then I put, I identify as, as he, him. I'm not doing that. If you can't look at me and see that I'm a man, then I don't know what to tell you. So it's like they throw this stuff at us, and everybody's so quick to accept it. And they asked me, in the, in, you know, in the meeting, in the beginning of the meeting, like, okay, uh, Mr. Byron, you put that up there, but what do you identify for? I said, I don't go through that. I said, if you can't look at me and tell me what you identify, I don't know. I said, but I don't put that on my, on my thing. And they can't make me do it because everybody just so accepted to, okay, there's nothing wrong with it. I'll do that. I'm not doing it. That's how I feel. You can't tell me how to feel. So they put these things at us, and everybody just grasps to it, or everybody's scared, or if I say something, they're going to say I'm being biased. Just, hey, listen, that's dead wrong. I don't care what nobody says. Put the feminine product in the in the women's bathroom or the girls' bathroom, and that is it. Why are you putting it in a transgender bathroom when they still men? Why are you putting it in the boys' bathroom? The boys ain't going to do but break in and take the stuff out and throw it around the hallway. Then you're going to be mad. Mm. And people are accepting the stuff. People got to step up and say no. And straight say it. That is wrong. I ain't saying nothing. That is wrong. Even the transgender, even if they do have the the, 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 the sex change, they still ain't getting a monthly. <laughs> so why are you putting that in there? Ah, you have you know, Nobody days. wants to speak up. <laughs> Hey, they know not to get me, sir. They know certain means, though. Don't bring him. Because I'm going to tell you what it is. And nobody, nobody wants to step up. Nobody wants to step up. You have the sex change. You, it's, just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You have the sex change. You ain't getting that. I said, it's ridiculous. You know, the, 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 the guy have a sex change to a woman. You're not getting the monthly. The girl have the sex change and get the male organ. You can't use it. I don't understand. I don't understand. But no, yeah. everybody's afraid to speak up. It's yeah, wrong. Well, this, this mother and this teacher are are being, you know, they're being brave and they are definitely stepping up. And uh, hopefully, like you said, more people will address, you know, whether this is right or wrong, and whether this the the funds for school should be used. To better, you know, put to better use. So we'll see. Yes, yes. we'll see. Yeah, Thank you so much for joining us, brother Al. Let's oh, talk yeah. to uh, our pastor Vinny. Good morning, Pastor Vinny. Top of the morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I am well. Thank you, Pastor awesome. V. How awesome. are you doing over there? 
I'm doing good in this empty house this Friday morning. All Everybody's right, out to work and gone, and I'm loving uh, it. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> All right, so you got the whole house to yourself and uh, free to speak. <laughs> Ooh, okay, so <laughs> you're from the old school. Gladys yes, Knight versus Diana Ross. The Supremes versus Gladys Knight and the Pips. Which side are you going on? Well, I, I understand that that um, they really pushed up um, Diana Ross to be a solo act, and that caused that caused a schism between the group, between the ladies. Right. And so right. They were fighting. They were fighting a battle for a long time, and even even years and years afterwards, you know, they felt that the, the girls felt that they she wronged her. That she yeah, wronged them, yeah, and that they yeah. didn't get a lot of the revenue that they were supposedly entitled to, and uh, I, I think Barry Gordy was behind a lot of it. Uh, yep. And then you know, going on to, to marry a you know white husband, and you know, well, you know, all that, all that stuff. Then, see, back in those days, there wasn't social media. Right. 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 That's right. Everything had to slow train. That's why things kept quiet. Absolutely. But I personally, I always thought that Gladys Knight was the classier lady. Okay. Okay. I, you know, you know, I mean, like, like you said, two different voices, two different personas. You know, I never saw Gladys Knight as a diva. I always saw her as, you know, part of the part of the community, part of. you know, part that, that faction that was building us up, and not okay. and not not necessarily not that not that uh, Diana Ross was tearing us down, but it seemed right. like um, Gladys Knight was more of a positive force. You know. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Makes a point. You make a point. Pass the V. Make a point. All righty. Yeah. So yeah. we're talking about this Connecticut man, and you know we're in our fifties. You dated someone in her 50s, she's close to 60 years old, and she still has to worry about dating a man who is going through her phone, erasing things, going through her social media account, deleting people. You know, when does this stuff stop? Does it ever stop? You know, um, they met on social media, and, you know, they had that off and on again and off again relationship they dated for less than a year and his jealousy um Mm. you know really got the best of him and he ended up stabbing her in the car taking pictures sent the picture to the to the new boyfriend and took the pictures inside the police precinct showed it to them and told them that she was outside in the car dead, and he had done it. Now, I got a question for you, Pastor Vinny. I, I mm. have a problem with someone saying, we're dating, and you're having an affair. Are you having an affair if you see someone else, and you're dating? Is, or, it's a, or is affair exclusive to marriage? I don't know. What do you think? Well, this this is one of those situations, you know, where you said they were on on and off. Yeah, she should have stayed off. off. Right. By she, all means. She, 
she should have stayed off. When when people, what are, what is the saying? When they show you who they are, believe you should them. believe them. That's right. This, this 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 guy was a problem in the making, and, and if, if if they were going together for less than a year, then he started out as a problem. Yep. And and uh, you know sometimes we get we're so like I I, I think the girl said the, the mother was so lonely that 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 they get desperate. Yeah, yeah. They, they get yeah, desperate. Yeah. They, 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 you know. I mean, like us, me, me and Pastor Brenda, we, we, we've been, we were friends, and not dating friends, just casual friends for ten years. You know, we knew each other, knew of each other for ten years. We were to different churches, and we, you know, we would, we would um, be, in, be in each other's services and that kind of thing. But we've been married for thirty. This will be thirty-seven years in May. And um, you know we 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 can honestly say that we married our best friend. Wow, we, we, nice. Still, people we we were. I mean, even before we were married, we were helpful to each other in our life and our vocations, and and um, you know. So you knew who we knew who each other was. These 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 things that come up on on on. Uh, you know, first of all, social media don't give you the whole picture. They're telling right. you what you want to hear, letting right. you see what you want to see. But, you know, this this guy had problems. Mm-hmm. This this guy mm-hmm. really had problems that were uh, either either not addressed or hidden. <laughs> right. And, uh, it's, sad. it's sad that this lady had to be this casualty. So now her family is, is without her. And and he, you know, maybe he should he should have been institutionalized, not this way, but where he could have gotten some help. Yeah, because this ain't the first time he's exemplified no. this behavior in a relationship. Yeah, no, absolutely. no, not not when you're it fifty-two. Takes, right, you've been it, it you've been doing this for a, a minute. lot of practice. That's right, you've been doing this for a minute, Pastor V, and this this ain't nothing that you just started. And, you know, that's why I say little messes become big messes. And this is an indication of, like you said, um, a result of an untreated issue, untreated Mm -hmm. mental, you know, uh, state that wasn't quite right. So I don't know. All right, Pastor V, you were not with us when we did have this discussion that they were going to take – millions of dollars and they had already purchased the machines the the vending machines um to put in the girls bathrooms the transgender bathrooms and the boys bathrooms that would house tampons um other sanitary products um in K through 12 schools and mm. this was um, in the state of Oregon, and a parent, oh, my gosh, a parent, needless to say, a parent, her child's probably transgender, um, you know, started this movement, uh, not a, a, a parent, um, politician, I'm sorry, politician started mm-hmm. this. Well, finally, there's a mother who's standing up and who's saying, listen, $5.5 million could be spent better in education than vending machines in a boy's bathroom um you know put them in the girls bathroom 
there's another, uh, there's a teacher who's standing out and stepping up and saying, listen, you know, a transgender man is a man. Um, you know, they're not, you know, they're just dressed up, you know, so you right. can't, you know, like Brother Al said, you know, there's not just because even if you get a sex change, um, you're not going to have a need for this thing. Well, what do you say about this here? Well, I think I think Brother Al will clear up the issues. <laughs> yeah. He took me to class today. <laughs> he definitely he definitely took me to class today. You know. But you, you know what, what moves politicians to do things? Pressure. Mm, pressure. They can't, they can't take the political pressure. These, these different groups, they have their agendas. And if you don't, if you, don't you know, do what we say, we're going to take our vote someplace else. Mm. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's less and less things that make sense and, right. and more so... Look! Look at the um, the whole NRA situation. Right. Who, who needs a, an assault rifle in their house? Right. But right. They, right. They, they're, they're winning and losing elections based on uh, the freedom to to have a, an assault rifle in their house. Right. Right. Because, right. Right. Look, look at these. You know, it is it is the most. It really hurts. It really hurts my heart. Because it's innocent people uh, that are getting gunned down. It's innocent people that are being, you know, uh, their lives are being ended as a result of this pressure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Politicians, they're, they're supposed to have the cojones to, to stand up and say what is right, and they don't. Right, 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 right. They don't. And, and so, so with, with these machines... And you know, this is the first time I'm, I'm really hearing about the, the issue, but it's, it's it's pressure, it's pressure, and um, so they can stay on 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 the quote unquote. I'm doing that quote unquote thing with my fingers. Uh, <laughs> they want to stay on, on on the on the right political side, you know. They they yeah. they don't want to you know be caught on the wrong side of uh of the issue. That is you know? true. But very true. All, it's very like true. You said, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of resources. How about how about buying some books that make these kids, you know, glad to, to be who they are? <laughs> right, 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 right. How about how about how about how about you know re you know retraining them or encouraging them or, or you know you know let's be proud about who we are. We don't have to change, but 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 let's. You know, and 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 cause less uh, questions for our future. Pro- right. Part of the other problem is that a lot of these administrators they confuse themselves. Yeah. They confuse yeah. themselves. So yeah. they try they're trying to throw enough paint. You know, you put enough paint on the wall, some of it got to stick. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. This is a way that they can get their own personal agendas pushed, like you said. Yeah. You know, they they got all twisted kind of lifestyles and things like this. And, you know, this is the stuff that we are faced with now. And I could think of a million things you could do with $5.5 million. Y'all got that kind of money? Then invest hmm. in, in better conditions 
in the school right. and get these kids some air conditioning when they're in school in the summertime and, you know, make mm-hmm. sure the heating is working properly. And, you know, how many times have you gone to a school and the bathrooms itself look nasty? It's like, uh-huh. yo, change, change the, the, the whole look of the bathroom itself opposed to putting all of this other stuff in there. So, like you said, there's other things we could definitely do um, with this money. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning, Pastor uh, 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 yeah. And um, we're coming back to talk about some other stuff. But first, let's say good morning to our Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor KL. All right, all right, all right. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you today? <laughs> Good morning to you. I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm just peachy, just peaches and cream. Oh, right now. Well, let's hear what this peaches and cream has got to say about the, the, the 37-year feud between Gladys Knight and uh, Diana Ross. And, you know, Gladys Knight and the Pips were invited to open up for the Supremes while they were on tour. And after a little while, Barry Gordy calls up Gladys Knight and says, Hey, I hear you over there giving my uh, my group, quote-unquote, the Supremes, a problem. And uh, I think it's time for y'all to come on home. And that kind of launched a three-decade-plus uh, feud between the two of them where Diana Ross was jealous of uh, Gladys Knight. And now, thank God, they have fixed this thing, so they're no longer feuding. But I have the question on the table this morning, who did you like better? Was there a, a, a preference between Diana Ross, the Supremes, or Gladys Knight, Gladys Knight in the pits? Did you have a preference, Pastor Kale? Well, you know, I, I, I'm not that old, so I've heard about these artists. You know, um, I, you know I so. <laughs> I can't with you. But I, 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 I liked Gladys Knight when, 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 when the Pips were leaving on the midnight train to Georgia. You know, so after okay. they left and got on the train, I left Gladys Knight. I liked Gladys Knight. Um, I think Diana Ross was just a diva. I, I, I oh, never really okay. liked the way the way she sang. She was just that performer. She was a diva, you know, and, um, yeah, I I, I never really liked her vocally. Okay, okay, okay. All righty. So that's how we went out. I'm sorry. I I will tell you that that being that I traveled with with, with a lot of of artists, you get that jealousy stuff. You really, really, you really, really do. Um, From a personal level, I got fired from Gloria Gaynor. Gloria Gaynor fired me and sent me home uh, when I was wow. sitting back around for her. And um, because, you know, there, there's a, usually artists have a segment where they let their background singers do like an eight-count solo. Yeah, and I, I yeah. Did I did an eight-count solo, and the audience kind of liked it, and she thought I upstaged her, so she fired me. Um, Johnny Gill fired <laughs> me as well. So, so mm-hmm. I, I do on I do on Johnny Gill. Oh, okay. Because I said I, I said background for him as well, and um, yeah, he fired me as well. So I, I I do understand that. I really really do understand that. 
Wow. Now, did you mess up his eight count, too? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I did. I, I rubbed him the Gloria I him that way. You know what? You didn't learn from Gloria Gaynor? <laughs> well, listen. If, if if you ask somebody to do something, they're gonna what 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 are they supposed to do? Look like the, your boo boo the idiot? <laughs> yeah. Oh my! And he that's why you landed on the, as a Utah crew member. You could have been out yeah, there yeah. singing, uh, and we would have just you we you would just been somebody we heard about. We wouldn't even have you on the show. You could be out there in all kinds of stardom. But mm-hmm. it's okay. You opted to hang with the little low life people. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Well, then, you know, you give us some kind of insight, you know, on uh, what, you know, what it looks like from the inside. All right. You have this Connecticut man who at 52 um, kills his on and on again, off again girlfriend, who's 57, um, in a fit of jealousy. He's been known to go through her phone and delete things. He goes through her <clears throat> social media and deletes things. And, you know, it, it really just took a turn for the worse when he stabs her. Um, and he takes the pictures inside the police precinct and let them know what he what he's just done. You know, my question is, does this ever stop? You know, you're, you're about to be senior citizens, and I, I'm worrying about a man going through my phone, throwing, going through my social media. Goodness gracious. Well, I, I think the problem behind that, just to be honest with you, is that the way you meet someone, after you get caught up with them, they feel well. You can meet somebody else the same way. I mean, back yeah. in our days, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have Instagram, but what we had was the chat line. We had the party line, and yeah. and at least in Facebook, you you can kind of see some ways of their character. You understand what I'm saying? Some way of their routine, whether they bar go to the bars, because a lot of folks expose their old self on Facebook. But in our yeah. day, we had the chat line, so so so. If you talked well, you got over. You could have been crazy as all all get up, but you couldn't see that because all you had was the voice. If you had a deep voice or if you talked well and it sounded good, that I needed to meet you. So you didn't know what you was getting at all, you know. And then going back to the Facebook thing, if I met you on Facebook and I pulled you and now we together, then I know somebody else can meet you on Facebook and pull you and y'all could be together. And what I really find out is that jealousy is only because I'm guilty. Mm. So I'm mad, I'm mad at you because of what I'm doing. You might not be doing nothing, but because I know what I'm doing, I know the potential you have to do it as well. So, so now I'm jealous. Wow, wow. You know, it's been said for, for many, many, many a long time that that's the case. You know, you're jealous because of what you're doing. You know, you're suspicious right. because you know what you're doing. So, you know, you bring up a point, you know, that really people have leaned on for many, many, many decades. And 
you know, he got a hold to the new boyfriend because he sent those pictures of of uh, her all stabbed up to him as well. So, you know, I don't I don't know how he knows which one is the boyfriend, but yeah, you know, unfortunately, like you said, you know, if, if they met on social media, then he knows that this could be your mo. And you out there, you know, still searching, especially if we're on again and off again. So that's that's really some twisted stuff here. We have this transgender issue and, you know, where the schools are paying, you know, millions of dollars to put these um, feminine products in not only the girls' bathrooms, but in transgender bathrooms as well as boys' bathrooms. And we spoke about this before. I don't know if you were on at the time. But now you have this parent who's finally speaking up as well as the, the teacher who's finally speaking up. And they're like, we're not going for this. This makes no sense. Uh, what's your thought when it comes to this here? I mean, I'm in, I'm in agreement. I mean, first of all, you know, the, the, the first thing that caught me, you said K-12. To me, if, 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 if somebody in kindergarten is bleeding, they're bleeding for the wrong reason. You know what I'm saying? If they're bleeding in kindergarten, they, they need a Band-Aid if they're bleeding mm-hmm. in kindergarten. You know, so so to, to to subject them to this from kindergarten, I, I I think right right there you've already started out wrong. That makes no sense to me. Now again, a, a boys' bathroom like like everybody's been saying, we ain't bleeding that way. So so why do I have to be subjected to that? You know, also, you know, am I supposed to run in here and get something for my girlfriend? You know, I I just don't understand. You know, they're putting too much stuff on this transgender thing. And, again, they're not bleeding that way. So, you know, the only people that's bleeding is the girls' bathroom. So why are we spending all this other money on blood? I don't know. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, like Pastor Vinny said, you know, they're doing this for the, the, for the likes. And, you know, spending money definitely unnecessarily gets the thumbs down opposed to the thumbs up. So hopefully, you know, enough voices will speak against this thing and logic will prevail and they will definitely bless our children, you know, with what they deserve and what they need opposed to, you know, the the, the, the small amount of crazies that are insisting that all of this go on because this is just ridiculous at this point. Thank you, gentlemen, for indulging me on our, uh, you know, news stories. I have a a little conversation here that I'd like to have today, and I think based on, you know, it always kind of works, you know, uh, together. Our our stories definitely um, lend to the need for our Christian men. To grow And you know out here in this world If we take our mind off the Lord You know now we Don't grow the way We need to when we become Sidetracked with all of this Other stuff that the world Is is focusing on And you know we want To help the Christian men You know focus On how they can grow in the Lord 
And uh, we're going to start with you, Brother Al. And this is an interesting one. This is an interesting one. It says, in, in order to help Christian men grow spiritually, you need to embrace your God-given roles. I like that one. I like that one. How would you respond to that, Brother Al? Yeah, I think I think that's very important. Um, sometimes we step out of role because it's something we want to do, but that's not what God got for you to do. You know, you you God got for you to be a deacon in the church, and you trying to become a pastor. That's not what He got for you to do. So obviously, He got you to be that deacon because He knows that you're good at helping out the pastor or taking care of things you need to do. You're good at that. You know, so once once you embrace what God has for you to do, you do it even better because you say, okay, I'm accepted to it. This is what God wants me to do. Okay, God, show me what you want me to do. Show me how you want me to do. And and um, once you embrace that, okay, you you're on the right track. You you got you got the right foot in front of the other. All right, all right, Pastor Vinny. You know how can we help? Men to grow spiritually when we embrace our God-given roles. You know, first, uh, Pastor Steph. You know, it, it, it's for I, I think for men, it's uh, we need we need to embrace the whole Christian lifestyle. I mean, if you're going to be a Christian, be a whole Christian. Like without that. without sometimes sometimes we wanna we wanna be with the fel- the other fellows we wanna have beers on Saturday night and uh, you know and and I'm not saying that for some people you know they can they can drink down a a, a six pack and still be uh, straight but but that doesn't help our cause as a male I I think I remain main responsibility is to make sure that the younger men um, come up and understand what the, what the good news is, what it is to be, you know, a man of God, what it means to be uh, uh, a good mentor. Because uh, some of us, we never had that example at home. Our fathers weren't around. So uh, for me, I've, I've, I've had to adopt a whole lot of children, a whole lot of sons, uh, because uh, I have three sons, and so we just add a few more chickens in the pot, and uh, you know, you know. But you know, it, it's that kind of thing that endears them uh, to to us. And then we have, when we got their stomachs filled, then we have their ears. <laughs> we can have their right, ears. Right. Right. We can have their ears. It's uh, um, it's. It's it's so important. One of my, one of my son's friends said, "Man, I never sat at a at a, a dinner table like this with the whole family." Wow, wow. Something that wow. We, something that we would take for granted. Right. You know? But 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 that that little thing opened up opened up uh, a whole life for him. Now this young man, you know, uh, he got married. He, he's a he's a, a minister. You know, he's ordained. Um, and and that's that's how we do it. It's one by one. 
it's, it's one by one. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, I like we may that. not have the opportunity. Yeah. We may not have the opportunity to stand before a pulpit. We might not have an opportunity, you know, to lead a Bible study, you know, with a, a big group. But it's that conversation that we have one-on-one uh, that, that has made the difference, you know, uh, in our ministry. Amen, amen, amen. I like that, Pastor Vinny. I like that. Pastor KL, you know, growing as a, you know, as a Christian man, you know, really, really can come into play when we embrace our God-given role. Yeah, I am. Yes. Um, I, I think, I think you have to understand your role and you have to know what it means and what it is to be a Christian male. I mean, just from hearing, you know, what, what, what Pastor Vinny says, then, then we, we, we have to figure out is, you know, because everybody says, well, I can drink as long as I don't get drunk. Pastor Vinny just said, well, you might be able to have a six-pack and it doesn't bother you. But but then is, is that the Christian role? You, you right. know what I'm saying? We, we, have to def- we have to define what the Christian role is. Just because I don't get drunk, am I still walking in the Christian role? And a lot of mm. times it's, the fine, it's, it's that fine line that we don't know where we are, you know, in, in, in the spiritual realm that will kind of mess us up. You know, so, so when, hey. when we make excuses or, or say that it's okay, you know, as long as we don't get drunk, it's okay as long as I don't kill anybody, it's okay, as, as, you know, as long as I don't hurt anybody, are we still walking into the spiritual realm as men? So, so you, have to do, you have to be able to first define what is the role and what God is calling you to do in order to, work, to, to walk in it. Absolutely, absolutely. Good stuff, guys, good stuff, good stuff. Ah, Hmm. Stepping out on faith. Step out on faith. Uh, that's how we grow as a Christian man. Uh, Pastor Vinny. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, faith, faith is, uh, for me, it was something that that took practice. <laughs> We uh, we don't we we don't all of a sudden, you know, become faithful or, you know, we we start doing the the little things. We start we start uh, developing a, a a time with God. We used to call it a, a quiet time. We 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 build ourselves up in the Word, and uh, little by little, the Word becomes a part of us, and then we're able to 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 really trust God in areas of our life that once uh, we kind of held back from God. Uh, it's uh, it's really uh, important because a, a, a lot of our young guys, they're not even reading the Word. So it's like, it's like often we have to reintroduce the Word of God to them. And and uh, help them to begin to apply it. When we have applied knowledge, then we can act, begin to act on it. 
and trust God for things that, that we never thought we could have. Uh, I, I, I was blessed, uh, first of all, to, to marry a wonderful woman, to have three awesome young men and a daughter in my life. And um, I, I never thought that I could have all of that. But I trusted God in, in my first steps. See, when we take the, the first steps, when we start to move out, believing God that he's going to do these things in our life, and then, then when we see it come to fruition, then we can go higher and, and uh, ask for even more. Trust God for even more uh, success. Trust God for even more uh, blessings. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes patience. Uh, in order for us to be who God wants us to be, okay. I, I think I'm, I'm in I'm in the right direction. Um, we we because um, some some people just throw out throw out that word, you know, oh just just have faith. No, it's 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 more than faith. It's trusting. It's trusting. What is faith? The evidence of the things not seen. We're hoping for things, but we don't see the evidence. When we start to see the evidence, then we really, you know, uh, are able to be freer to trust God with other things in our life. Amen. 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 Pastor KL, you're stepping out on faith. Does growth take place for a Christian man when you step out on faith? Yes, yes, definitely. But understanding that faith without works. Is mm-hmm. that, you know you 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 have to work that faith, you know, and and in working you have to believe it, you know what I mean. A lot of folks you know say they have faith and they ask God for stuff, but they don't believe what they're asking for, you know. They want it, but they don't think it's tangible. They want it, but they don't think God is going to do it for them because of who they are, you, you know what I mean. So. When, when you get connected to God, you, you have to have faith to believe that, listen, he can even do it for a sinner like me. You, you know, I, I am still important in God's eyes. You have to believe that you are somebody, that, that you belong to God. Therefore, if God is your daddy, then you have to believe that your daddy is going to always come through. A lot of times because we don't have a natural daddy, you know what I'm saying? And, and we've been lied to by our natural daddy. We can't seem to, 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 to fathom that the spiritual daddy, who I've never seen before, is going to come through. So that's where the faith steps in. You've got to have faith that in spite of what you've been through on the natural side, that God would do anything but fail. Amen, amen, amen. Brother Al, what are we saying when it comes to faith? Virtual growth. Oh man, yeah. a lot. Yes, 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 yes. That that's that's a that's a big part of it. You know, um, <clears throat> as listening to uh, the fellow speak, you know, um, for me it was a little different. I got my faith or learned more about faith by watching other people and how it worked out for them. I had a friend that uh, I did acting with. I did a couple of shows with, and he got tired of working. And he said, I'm going to quit my job, and I'm going to walk out on faith and get into this acting thing. And I asked him questions. I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm going to trust 
that, you know, I've been doing good, but I'm going to trust in God that he's going to take care of me. He's going to point me in this right direction. And he was like, the important is believing. I was like, wow. And I said, okay, I'm going to try this thing. And I did that when I bought my first house. It was so crazy because so many people was like, oh, you going to get a house? Oh, you know houses are expensive. Okay, now you got a water bill you got to pay. The light bill going to be higher. So now I'm sitting there nervous like, wow. Okay, I got this little apartment and I'm doing fine, but there's stepping on this. And then I remember what my friend was saying. I said, you know what? People, and he told me, he said, you know why people are coming against you and telling you that? He said, because that's the enemy don't want you to do it because he know God going to bless you with that. And I said, you know what? I'm going to believe God going to take care of me and, and, and I'm going to get this house. And like Pastor Kel said, doing the work. I researched about houses. I researched what, you know, uh, percentages, uh, everything that I need to know. And I said, you know what? I'm going to walk out there because if all things, if, if that's not what God got for me, then I'll stay in this little apartment. And I'm proud to say, now nah, I'm blessed. I own two houses. So it's just, you you got to believe. You you can't, like Pastor Kel said, you can't just say, oh, okay, I got faith. Oh, I'm going to walk in faith. You got to believe and you got to be patient because, um, you know, God time is not our time. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about discipling other men. Mm, that's a way to grow as a Christian man. Uh, Pastor KL, discipling other men. Are you talking to the mute button, Pastor KL? <laughs> Are you talking to me? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm trying to multitask. He's discipling now. He's discipling now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you always you always have to create and I I've said this for a long time, you always have to create your, your Joshua. You know, we, we we always have to teach someone, you know, so that they can do what you're doing when you are no longer here. Unfortunately, we, we keep all the nuggets to ourselves, you know, saying, oh, let's, let, let's take it one further. We end up burying the talents. Instead mm. of using the talents, we end up burying the talents. And when you bury the talents, it's no good for no one. It's not good for you nor the people that's coming behind you. But you have to be able to take this and, and impart into people, plant your seed. You know, and, and the Bible says that then God will give the increase. But someone has to plant your seed, you know, and, and that's what we need to do as, 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 as men of God. We need to plant the seeds in these young people. Listen, sometimes if you just go and pat them on the back, guess what? You just laid hands on them. You've just imparted in them. They don't know what you've done, you know, because everybody's not going to receive the way you want them to receive. But if you just go and lay your hands on them and say, in Jesus' name, you know, and, and begin to pray, you know, I, I, I believe that they're going to be the greatest band of God that they could be. If you just speak life into situations, you know, and, and then you have to live the life before them so that, that they can see the living example of what it is to be a man of God. Amen, amen, amen. Brother Al, disciple other men. What are we talking about here? Oh man, that's that's uh, it's very important, you know. And you could disciple other men by letting them see Jesus in you. Um, 
I remember my son, I think it's been about 10 or 11 years now that my son passed away when he got killed in a car accident. And that young man loved his dad. And he saw me working with the youth and doing things. And he decided to do the same thing. And I remember, you know, of course, losing a child is the worst thing, one of the worst things. And it was hard for me. And I was supposed to speak at his funeral. And I remember at his funeral, and I'm seeing all these young men that he used to talk to and mentor to and tell them about God. And I got the strength to speak at his funeral because at his funeral, there was about five young teenagers got saved at his funeral, gave their life to God at his funeral. And I was like, wow, you know, and I felt good because he always was asking me questions and, and with that, how you handle this situation? And I would tell him, you know, so it, it's very important. You know, I spoke to a, uh, one of my basketball players. He's in his twenties now, and he got his own little clothing line that he's doing. And he had a couple of people that was hanging around him saying, you know, I'm going to get some stuff from you. And other people would get stuff, and they never would get nothing from them. So he started venting about it. And I said, but don't you see what's happening? I said, you got to understand, God is removing them people away from you. Stop reeling them back in. Because they're not buying it. They're talking, but they're not doing mm-hmm. that. And you got other people you don't know buying stuff. So God is slowly but surely pushing them away. Stop reeling them back in and move forward with who's supporting you. And he was like, wow. All right, Coach, thanks for that. I just talked to him about that last night. So it's so funny that this conversation come up. But we have to spread the good news of God. We have to speak to these men. We have to let these men see it in you. I have a friend now tell me, like, wow, but Al, you, you different. What, what's going on? I said, I got God in my life now. I do things differently. He's like, I know, man, because the old Al would have punched him in the face. I said, yeah, the old Al gone, you know. And so when people seeing it from you, especially the men, you're able to talk about it. They're more perceptive when they're seeing you living it. All right. Amen, amen. Oh, Pastor Vinny. You know, the yes, yes, yes. of a man is, is how you can grow <laughs> as a Christian man. Amen. You know, uh, a, a, a friend of ours, uh, he was a musician in the church. And uh, so he was the choir director for the youth. And uh, his word was consistency. You have to be consistent. You have to be consistent in your walk. You have to be consistent in your talk, consistent in your behavior, because people are watching you. They may never come up and speak to you, but they're watching your actions. Just like just like uh Brother Al when the young man said, um, you know, is that you? You know, back in the day, you know, or you, back in your other life, <laughs> you would have handled business. But we handle in business a different way today being being Christians. We it, it's it's uh it's it's more of a sometimes we got we have an opportunity to talk to people. But a lot of times it's just our response in different situations. Somebody said for for certain situations you need to to uh, show the right response. We don't get all bent out of shape, but we still have a tone of encouraging. Encouraging. Our our, our job is to to bring up uh, young men and and young women at times. 
to to go for the better things. You know, I've I've been at this. I've been at I've been a Christian for a minute. <laughs> I've been a Christian for a minute, and uh, some people that some of our, our children's friends, you know, they'll come back and visit and they say, "Man, Pop, you still at it, Pop?" I say, "Yes, I am." It's consistency. If we can keep the same message to encourage them to do better, uh, uh, it goes a long way. It goes a long way. We, we, you know, we can't we we don't just trust God for ourselves or, and just our family. You know, my four and no more. But we have to branch out and really allow God to use us. Because a lot, as I said before, a lot of these, these young people, man. Their father is not in their life. Their father, that, that, that one thing that could probably keep them level is no longer there. So God has placed us there. And uh, it's, it's a, uh, I've, I've learned uh, it's important for us to reduplicate ourselves as far as leaders. You know, understand that we're not going to be here forever, but we want the gospel to be able to move forward. And they can't do that without without soldiers, without without disciples, without those that are willing to take their hand to the plow and continue to work. All righty. Amen, 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 gentlemen. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray you have a blessed day. Amen. You did well. You did say have a great weekend. Thank you. you Amen. Too. Be blessed, All brother. Right. Be blessed. All right. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Let's get this benediction. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, in truth and love. Second John 3. Hmm. You know what? Let's take a moment to hold hands and hold hearts and go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you and we thank you for just ushering us into a brand new day to Heavenly Father with brand new tender mercies, God. We thank you for just being so kind and gracious and generous to us. Your mercy and grace prevails as we've even been allowed to enter into a new day, God. Right now, to Heavenly Father, we're going to lift up your men. We're going to lift up the men who have stood up and said that, you know what, we want to be in the army of the Lord. God, we thank you. We thank you for our men here today who have signed on to be used by you, dear Heavenly Father. We pray for any man that's listening, whether near or far, God. We pray for every man that's listening who's young or old, God, who's rich or poor, dear Heavenly Father, who have said that they want to be in your army, God. You know, Lord, we know that we don't want you until you have tapped us on the shoulder and indicated that you want us. We just don't have that kind of makeup. 
We just don't have that composition going on. But we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for every man that you have touched, every man that you have chosen, dear Heavenly Father, and we ask you, God, to just strengthen them. Give them the gumption. Give them the courage. Give them the guidance and direction, God, as we've talked about today, um, the things that they have to do to become stronger to Heavenly Father, and it will just bleed into their families. It will bleed into their church. It will bleed into the community to Heavenly Father, and it will begin to take over. And at the end of the day, to Heavenly Father, you would be happy with each of those lives, God. So we pray to Heavenly Father that you give them the strength that they need because it's hard out here. It's so hard out here, God, and the enemy is is strong, and you know they're all they're falling by the wayside, dear Heavenly Father. So we're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to help them keep their eye on the prize, that they would remember that Jesus died so that they may be free, not imprisoned by the things that this world is expecting of us but that you have opened the gate so they can walk through freely and that once they have grabbed on to who you are and what you stand for, that it's not hard after all. It's hard if we just shift our focus from moment to moment. It's hard when we just won't come out of the grips of the enemy. It's hard when we just let people stay in our ear, but Lord, once we decide to come out from amongst them, dear Heavenly Father, the walk gets easier. So Lord, we're just grateful that, you know, the men spoke today so that people can think of all the things that you are prepared and you can do for us. And we would just love, love to see our men stand up and take Take this world, take this world with you leading them, dear Heavenly Father, that they would disciple accordingly, that they wouldn't look, they couldn't look at their brother who's not living up to his potential and be okay with that, would not give him excuses, would not bypass him and just hope he does better, but invest in him the way you've invested in them. We thank you, Lord, for the words that were shared here today, and we pray to Heavenly Father that lives would be changed. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Hmm. You know, we Shatish always brings up a, a point when she says that... Um, you know, women hold women a lot more accountable than men hold men. And we've seen it so many times, um, you know, where you know what it is to be right, but you won't straighten your brother out. Or because you have a weakness, you won't say anything because you don't want to um, be told that you can't or shouldn't say anything because you don't have it all right. And 
we are watching our men deteriorate because of that. And when the women speak up against it, now we look like the bad guys. And, you know, it's 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 wonderful to see men um, step up and hold their brothers accountable, step up and, and look and say, you know what, bro, you're not doing this right. This, this ain't... This ain't the way you do things, you know. Um, you need to be a better father. You need to get yourself together. You need to step up to the plate and make it happen. You need to to change your way of thinking. And you know what? Let, let me let me just take you under my wing. It's so nice to see, you know, when men uh, mentor. Because it it really um, shows that they care. You know, Pastor Vinny brought up the fact that a lot of men, you know, have come up without a father in the home. And he's absolutely right. So then what are you doing for your community? What are you doing for the group of boys who are out here doing just dumb stuff? Because they're they're angry. You know, we we know of, of a young man, you know, uh a boy who's going to be a teen real soon. And, you know, as a matter of fact, he's already a teen. Um, and, you know, dad's not doing what he's, he needs to do. Mom is not doing what she needs to do. And he's at the point where he just doesn't even care about himself anymore. Just doesn't care. Uncles are not where they need to be. So who does he turn to? Who does he turn to? How has how has God allowed you to grow as a Christian man, but yet we have a boy walking around here like that? Just one. Just one is too many. Because we do news every day, and we see what one boy who is not focused can do. How, how horribly wrong, how horribly bad... Zach and Turner, he does, and he has expressed, I don't even care anymore. And it's like, wow. We as women can only say but so much. Where are the men in his life? We can't continue to watch our children deteriorate, our our males deteriorate. We need to take a real hard look and put ourselves out there because these boys are going to go out and they're going to get these girls. And if these girls ain't where they're supposed to be, (laughs) boy, oh, boy, you're going to have a Bonnie and Clyde in more ways than one. It's, It's really, you know, something that we have to think about now. Let's get ourselves together. Let's do what we need to do so that we can give God glory out of our life and that now we can reach out and touch someone else's life. Someone who has not, you know, received what we received. If you know what it is not to have a father in your life, but God has uh, uh, made a way for you to become a man of God, the first thing you need to do is, you know, not just get your kids, 
But listen, kids know kids. Kids are always connected to other kids. Grab up some kids and make it happen. If you can touch one other life, imagine how many lives you are ultimately reaching. It's far beyond your view. Oh, let's get this together. I'm tired of seeing our kids go down the drain simply because their parents are not on point because they are around too many other people who can help to bring them up and direct them and show them. You know, of course it would be wonderful if their parents were there to do it. Well, listen, we can't change what is. You know, we can reach out to the parent. We can try to give them a helping hand. But in the interim, what are we doing? Are we watching our children deteriorate? Are we watching them go down the drain? Are we leaving them in the hands of the enemy? What are you doing? Let's make it happen, people. Let's get on the side of the Lord and do what God needs us to do. Not just talk about it, but be about it. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, the fellas, for coming through big time for us and sending us into a thought-provoking weekend. Ah, thank you for hanging out with us all week and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss the opportunity to accept Jesus as your personal Savior right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until Sunday, God spares, where we'll be in the prayer room. Our word prayer project will be open. Come on in the room and see what the Lord has for us to pray about. Until then, I love you.